I was waiting for the bus downtown one day and it was like, I don't know, minus 30, right? All of a sudden I kept hearing this voice. It was saying, my feet are cold, my feet are cold, my feet are cold. I was like, who am I hearing in my head saying my feet are cold? Then I could feel someone, you know, trying to pull me telepathically to the left. So I looked to the left and there was this dog. <laughs> he was like, so cute. He was this big pudgy boxer type dog. And he had a jacket on. <laughs> and he was like, my mom doesn't know my feet are cold. Tell my mom my feet are cold. And I was like, I still think I'm a psycho. Like, I'm not going to tell your mom your feet are cold. But I asked him, did you intentionally communicate with me? Or were you just saying your feet were cold? And he was like, well, at first I was just, you know, saying that my feet were cold. Because my feet are really cold. But then I could tell that you heard me. Hello, welcome to Supernatural Stories, the show where you'll hear real stories of the supernatural from real people all across Canada. I'm your host and producer of the show, Cal Goodbaum, broadcasting from Rocking Chair Studio in Toronto. Hope you enjoy the show wherever you are. Thanks for listening, leaving a review, and sharing the show with your friends. That was Christine Macharaju, who I spoke to last week over the phone from Winnipeg. You know what's even more remarkable about the story she just shared? Christine is legally blind, unable to make out things more than two feet away. Yet, while her sense of sight is diminished, her other senses are extremely sharp, and her intuition and psychic ability will be in focus today where it has involved animals and the ghosts of animals. As well as Christine, there will also be another first-time storyteller, Barb, and three storytellers returning from previous episodes, Daniel, Sonia, and Peter, to share some of their strangest stories related to animals. Some of them aren't paranormal per se, but the kind of strange animal experience that will make you think. But paranormal is definitely the technical way to describe the perceptual or what some call extrasensory abilities that Christine has when she works with spirits. Here's another story from her about a dog named Scout. What I do for my, I guess, professionally is I do intuitive readings. And I do a lot of readings, like, over the phone. And how I do those is I tap into, like, the auras and chakras and field of the people that I'm reading and uh, blend with them to get information from their guides or their bodies or whatever. And then in person, I look at the palm as an additional tool. Um, So this girl kind of came to me for a reading to see uh, she had had Lyme disease and she kind of just wanted to see how her energy body felt. So I did the reading and everything and she was kind of getting up to walk out and the whole time there was this big kind of like husky sitting beside her. For whatever reason, I didn't mention it um, because I guess it kind of wasn't going the route of like the intuitive. Like I didn't know if she'd be open to hearing about guides and those kind of things when she was about to leave she asked me if there were any animals with her and she kind of looked teary-eyed so i said yeah well like the whole time that you were sitting here there's been this husky sitting with you she was really definitely moved and everything and she was like yeah i had a dog who passed away recently and so i asked him why he was there and 
if he wanted to share anything with us. And he said that he always was with her in spirit and that he considered her to be his sister. And he said that he had spent like so many days of, in her bed with her when she was sick and tried to do weird things to make her laugh. She said she was an only child and she always considered him to be more of a brother than a dog. She kind of said that, yeah, like he often would like fall off the bed or like just do random weird stuff that would make her laugh. And then he said that one day he realized that she was going to die. He knew that the family would not be able to handle that. It was so beautiful how he showed me this. He showed me that he went outside one day and he was standing there and I could feel how he felt the earth through his feet. And it felt like he, hmm, it felt like he could get so much information even just from the ground um, that we would not, you know, like that people wouldn't get, right? Like he could kind of feel where people were. He could feel where vehicles were. He could feel like he could just feel so much information from the earth. And the smells almost had texture, way more nuanced he could taste the air. Vision wasn't his highest sense. And then he could feel that there was a semi coming. He looked in four directions and thanked all of the elements. The wind was kind of blowing over his body and how that felt. And he kind of said, you know, like I just took a deep breath and felt and experienced everything for the last time. I thanked nature for my body, my home and my family and asked them to take care of my family. And then he just ran in front of the semi with the intention that he would give her like the extra years of his life. After that reading, I mean, I've always loved animals. I've been vegetarian since I was 12 and always sort of very empathically connected to them but after he showed me that I was overwhelmed by that level of loyalty it made me really realize how our pets are so much more than pets right and we're not their owners we're custodians or friends or allies to them and they are allies to us it just made me understand love and commitment on a whole different level she said, yeah, we wondered why he was found dead on the highway because he would never go near the highway. He was too smart for that. So she was obviously very moved. And then she said, okay, well, is, you know, I sometimes feel him around. Is there any evidence that he is around me now? And he said, yeah, I come to the back door on the deck and I saw that you guys set up a little memorial for me. And he showed me that there was like a little statue of a dog and a dish and uh, an angel. The most popular animal to keep as a pet in Canada is a cat. So before I upset any of my fellow cat fanciers by making this episode overly dog-biased, canine-centric, here are some supernatural feline stories from Christine. I did this one reading where it was a mom and a daughter that came in and they said, we have a lot of spirit activity in our house. Like, can you scan our house and see what's going on here? And I was like, geez, there's like tons of cats here, you know, energetically, like, or in spirits. There were tons of cats there. And they said, well, why would these cats be here? And like, you know, they kind of said that their dog would bark at nothing. And I was like, well, your dog is barking at these cats, right? And there was one cat in particular that was a black and white kitten. 
And I said, well, the cats are here because they feel that this is their home. These particular cats weren't so much attached to their owners or their people as they were to the house. They really liked the house. There was probably about three or four different cats who had lived with the house over the course of, like, you know, it was a hundred-year-old house, right? So it was just full of ghost cats. I said, okay, like, it's all right with us if the cats are here, but if there's any possibility that you could ask them to leave, that would be nice because, you know, our dogs freak out and break stuff when we're not in the house, right? And I asked the cats if they would be willing to leave, and they said no, but we won't tease the dogs. That's just like a cat. You, you, you say go outside, and it says, no, I'm not feeling it. I'll stay here. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, <laughs> it's up to me, you know? Yeah. I just kept seeing that little black and white kitten, you know, like kind of out of the corner of my eye as I continued to do the reading. And then fast forward into the night, and me and my kids were making the blanket fort in the basement of our house. And my middle daughter said to me, oh, like, why is there a black and white kitty down here? And I was like, <laughs> are you seeing the kitty physically or are you seeing it inside, inside your mind? And she thought about it for a while and she said, yeah, I think it's actually a ghost kitty. That cat had been decided to stay at our house. Like, was left behind by them after the reading. <laughs> So I told my daughter, yeah, that was from one of the readings I did, and then we kind of just asked it to leave. If you have your own supernatural story to share, get in touch by going to www.supernaturalstories.ca, which will redirect you over to the Facebook page, and leave a review while you're there or on iTunes. If you haven't yet, click to subscribe to get the latest episodes. Meow, here's another story from Christine. There was this other lady. I really loved this one. I did the reading, and then at the end, she asked me if there were any guides with her. And I said, oh my god, there's this big, huge, white Persian cat on your left-hand side. He says that he's the king, and that lots of men are, you know, think you're pretty, but you're his. And he's going to keep all the men away. And she started laughing, and she was like, yeah, his name was actually King. And... <laughs> She's like, you know, I can't tell you how many of my boyfriends he, like, attacked <laughs> when they came into the house. <laughs> and he said that he's, like, still with her, guarding her in spirit, making sure that she's safe. And she's like, okay, you know, you can hang out with me, but... <laughs> She'll know she's found the one when King gives his nod of approval. <laughs> that was like... It was one of my favorites because he was like hissing at me in spirit. And I was like, who the hell are you? Um, (laughs) I hope you're enjoying these true stories. I know I've enjoyed making this episode. If you haven't yet listened to the episode last season on friendly ghosts, there are other tales about ghost cats in that one, including my own. But if you go all the way back to episode one... I started the show with a story from my family about my Bobby's death and how she seemed to send a message at that moment through the mysterious appearance of an owl. Go back and check it out if you haven't heard it. 
There are going to be some owl stories in this episode, but first, here's a story from Barb, which is similarly about an experience around dying. I spoke to Barb over the phone from Toronto. Cardinals are a big messenger. I don't know if you've ever heard that. No. The, you know, the red birds, beautiful red bird cardinals. Love them. They apparently, they're like a sign from a loved one that, you know, all is well. And this is another one, you know, I, if my ex was still talking to me, he would verify. We used to fight about having my kids baptized. They were his kids too. I basically went behind his back and had them baptized because... The reasons don't matter. But the day of the baptism, we came home. He was barbecuing on the balcony, and all of a sudden he went, holy, come out here and look. Sorry, pardon my language. And I went outside, and the trees were red. There were hundreds of cardinals. And, uh, and like there were other people standing out on their but This was at um, Bathurst and Eglinton we lived then. Oh, that's where I grew up. Oh, yeah? I, this is in Vesta. Right on the corner of Vesta and, and uh, Bathurst. This was in the backyard of that building that was on the corner, and the trees were just filled. Now, my mom loved cardinals, and she's also a very, you know, a deeply religious woman, had a very strong faith, yep. and firmly believed that a child should be baptized. So this was the day of the baptism, and there were cardinals everywhere. It was really, really weird. So, I mean, I just, I know that was her just saying, you know, celebrating. Because I really fought to get the kids baptized. And they don't like, well, back then, that was like 27 years ago. Uh, they don't like baptizing kids without the father there. They know that the father's present. But uh, the minister did it because it was important to me. And... Uh, but yeah, the, it was, he was just, my, my ex was just freaked. He was like, you got to see this. This is crazy because cardinals aren't flocking birds. You'll see them like a pair or maybe two pairs, but you never see a flock of them. They're also not around a lot in June. They tend to go to the cooler places like more north. So this, this was, it was pretty unusual to see so many. And I just, you know, right away I knew it was like my mom saying, oh, everything is good happy that you did that people taking pictures all over the place and it was it was pretty weird oh i wish you had a picture of that that's incredible yeah it really was that was before the day was when actually i think that was before cell phones period today eight-year-old kids have got cell phones regrettably these next storytellers also couldn't provide a nice photo as proof i did ask the next two stories are hard to classify as specifically supernatural, but they are nonetheless odd and thought-provoking and not your run-of-the-mill encounter. But with owls, out of the ordinary seems natural. Daniel shared a story two episodes ago. Here he is again in studio with his recurring owl mystery. You've had this interesting story about owls. Ever since I was younger, like basically every year on my birthday, I see a snow owl. Is it on the day of your birthday? Yeah, on the day of my birthday. Uh, when I was younger, I had an owl like swoop in like an American eagle and land on the branch in front of me. Hmm. 
Like when I'm with my family, they would see a snow owl when I'm with them. Like this year, even on my birthday, like I was just walking down the street and all of a sudden I hear everyone gasping around me and I feel like something in my ear. And I just like, I just hear, <gasps> and I look around, I'm like, what, what? And I just turn around and I see a snow owl taking off. It swooped over my shoulder, apparently. Wow. And I barely felt it, but everyone else is like staring at me and like, where, um, do you remember what area? Oh, that would, would be, I think that was actually downtown. I'm getting a picture of Young and Dundas. Do you yeah, know? around there, yeah. Okay. Um, do you think Young Street? I, if I remember correctly, I was walking around Queen. Okay. Queen and Young. So yeah, near, but, near Eden Center. Yeah. When I was going to get food, that's when it happened. What about um, year before? The year before, I had been basically just like, it flew right by me, like when I was just walking down. Like, were you living in Toronto? Yeah, I was living. Year? I've been in Toronto for five years now, and even seeing them here, and then seeing back home happened. And I've never seen an owl before, and I live right near High Park, so you'd think you may see them here because they probably live. I mean, they definitely live in the park. There's, there's coyotes and owls yeah, and everything. I've like actually one year on my birthday, I've actually seen a snow owl in High Park. You were on in a high park at your birthday. Yeah, I was just chilling there and just like, I was during the daytime too, and I was just like eating ice cream, and all of a sudden it just swooped and just landed right in front of me and just watching me eat my ice cream. And are you sure all of them were owls? None of them were hawks. No, they're pure white. They're Ooh. pure white and yeah. they're like pure snow. They're beautiful, beautiful creatures. I would love to get one, and <laughs> it's a real pet. In Native Canadian cultures, historically, like with Anishinaabe here and um, Cree as well, I think that the owl is a bad omen that you wouldn't want to see on your birthday. But with the Inuit from the north, owl is a good omen. Snow owl is seen as a good spiritual omen. Yeah, it's a spiritual animal. Mm -hmm. Some people believe in it's actually a past life that's revisiting you. Before I was born, one year before I was born, my grandfather passed away. And even like, like even the year I was born, there was a snow owl outside the basically hospital. Like my mom saw herself. I actually think, to be honest, it's my grandfather watching me from far. Was he a bird watcher? Or did he have a? Camera? He liked owls. He had books on owls that were supposed to be passed on to me. Something about him and myself are a lot alike. We study the same things too. I study business. I study film. I study basically cooking. That's his three passions in his life. Here's what you've got to do. This year you've got to snap a photo of the owl. You, you know it's coming. Keep your camera... Over your neck. And watch it disappear forever and ever. Because <laughs> it doesn't probably want a picture. <laughs> but I would love to get that for my age. Yeah, they're not easy to photograph. That's for sure. And now here is another owl story from Sonia, another return storyteller. I spoke to her last year. And when I talk to people, I ask a few questions, usually as standard, such as, 
Have you ever had a UFO experience? Or known anyone in your family with one? Or have you ever had a weird experience with a bird or animal? Sonia and I both thought this next story was peculiar enough to fit in just fine. There's been lots of odd animal things and stuff like that that happen. And again, we just sort of, you know, we just sort of shrug and tell each other about it. Part of the earth or whatever. And we just just take it for what it is and say, okay. <laughs> My husband, I'm very jealous of this, visiting two years ago to the same farmhouse. My uncle took my husband kayaking on the river, which is called the Wasis River, which is a tributary of the St. John River and Armokta River. It's still a significant body of water, very deep and fast moving. So the two of them went kayaking. I didn't go, I was doing something else. But they told me the story later. This is in the middle of the day, in the summertime. Very hot day. They were just going for a nice light little cruise around. My uncle was showing him where various people live and whatnot. My uncle said that he saw a cove that he didn't really recognize. But sometimes, you know, after the flooding happens in the spring and it recedes, the topography can look a little different. Land can get washed away or things can get you know, heaved up and, and appear different. So he, he and my husband went in to explore this little cove. My uncle said as they entered it, he could hear an owl. Which is odd anyway in the daytime to hear an owl. And he said as they paddled in, the owl got very, very, very loud. So my uncle was looking and looking and looking, trying to find this owl. As my husband came up next to him, there was a log on the shore, and there were four owls on the log, with the one owl incessantly hooting at them. My uncle took it that they should go. The owl wanted them to leave. My uncle, who's lived there all of his life, and he's in his 60s, he's never seen four owls. And I can't remember ever seeing an owl in the daytime, ever. Occasionally in the winter, you know, when the days are shorter, I've seen one maybe like... They hunt in the early, early morning, like early, early morning. Yeah, or in the evening. Yeah. So in the winter, when the days are shorter, I have occasionally seen them on an overcast day, you know, sitting on a fence post hunting kind of deal. Never up close like that, interacting like that. So my uncle was thinking very mystical things. He was thinking that maybe they had stumbled upon a cove that was always there, but had never been visible to him. And... The owls were telling him that he shouldn't be there. I'm not exactly sure New Brunswick, but I know for most that the owl is a bad omen, but that the Inuit see it as actually the opposite, as a good spiritual kind of guide. 
When it comes to genuine stories of the paranormal, there are few better people to ask than Peter Wren. He's the president of the Vancouver Paranormal Society, and early this year we talked over the phone about some of his interesting experiences on investigations. Last episode, he shared his insights about non-supernatural causes of mistaken ghost sightings, things like carbon monoxide poisoning and the like. We spoke about how there's a lack of awareness about carbon monoxide, and it seems especially relevant as this week there was news about carbon monoxide poisonings in Laval, Quebec, as people dealt with power outages by bringing their outdoor barbecues indoors. So here is this episode's public service announcement. Don't use outdoor cookers or heaters indoors and check that all of your gas fittings are not leaking. Carbon monoxide detector isn't a bad idea either. Peter's a few steps ahead of that with the detectors. Here's a story about a time that his team picked up readings of ghost horses, a phenomenon that was also vividly seen in one of the stories last season, that being episode 17 on vacation. Go back and check it out. Silly question, how about ghosts from animals? Yeah, all the time. We were actually talking about it uh, the other night, talking about like cats and stuff like that, animals and pets that have passed away. And then, you know, they sleep on the bed and uh, all of a sudden during the night they get the uh, the feeling that there's someone laying at the bottom of the bed. Uh, I was talking to one of my co-investigators as well, the same thing. He has uh, three cats, he's always taking rescue cats, that kind of thing. And the other morning he woke up and uh, he thought one of the cats was laying by the side of him. And he woke up and there was nothing there. I had that. I had that happen. That's why I ask my cat. I had yeah, a, re- no, I had it, a rescue. It's, it's very common, honestly. Like um, animals as well. It, it, like, well, obviously pets. We don't know too much about animals that live in the wild. That kind of thing. I've never, you know, I don't think people have ever really gone out to investigate that. That's not really been, <laughs> you know, you won't get, you won't catch me in an African safari doing an EVP session to see whether I can hear a lion or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? The thing that really was amazing about this experience I had with this ghost cat, Vern, is that he died in a suburb, um, probably, I guess, about 20 kilometers or so from my house. Now, he never lived here. And he died years ago, and then this was my first ever experience where I felt like it was a ghost. I was lying in bed when all of a sudden the pillow next to me flattened. Odd. Yeah, and the bed and the weight of the bed shifted. And I screamed. Um, and then as I screamed, in the instant I screamed, I thought, wait a second. That's just how Vern, my cat, he used to come and sit on the pillow next to me all the time. That was his favorite thing to do. And then I realized, you know, Vern's been dead for years. And I had that horrible thought that what if his ghost was just kind of wandering around in the greater Toronto area looking for me? That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, I'm extrapolating a lot. I'm connecting a lot of very, very disconnected dots there to find what kind of pleases me in that situation because it could be anything. Yeah. Who knows? But I kept thinking about that. Do you have any more ghost animal stories? Because I've heard of like ghost cows recently is a thing. This is something I've just recently heard about, and I know I've heard of the ghosts of horses as well. I even talked to someone who had seen a horse rider ghost. Actually, the investigation we just finished last week, we did in the stable, and one of the girls that were with us, she got an EVP from a horse. But there was no horses in the stable, it was in the other stable. Um, we there, There's actually a road... Um, there's a road in Australia, it's actually called Ghost 
Gun Street or Guns Road. It's just uh, north of Melbourne. We were staying there in a small town called Murray. I went up there one night with uh, me and my wife and we did an EVP session there and you could hear horses walking up and down the street. And uh, it, was just, it was just an empty road. You heard their footsteps? Yeah, you heard their footsteps. It, it's, it's residual. I mean, it, it, you know, uh, there's no way of telling whether it's residual intelligence. You're not going to get a yes-no answer from a horse, are you? So <laughs> it's a likely of being is it's, uh, it's uh, residual. But it, it, I can't... So it's in a tech, just outside of a town called Murray in Australia. Is it Guns Street or Guns Road or something like that? I hope you've liked this episode. It's been a long time in the making, ever since I had my experience with my ghost cat and started talking to people about their own experiences, I've been hoping to make an episode about animal ghosts and related topics. So I made it an extra long episode. It took months of research and interviewing to make this episode all by myself. This is my first podcast, Supernatural Stories, and it's been a great experience making it for you and going deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole of paranormal stories. If you would like to show your appreciation for this independent show, you can send a dollar or more a month to help cover my costs, which are things like printing posters to put up, paying for a web URL and a place to host the show, and all the things that go into making the show for you. I set up a site at www.patreon.com supernaturalstories. That's all one word, supernatural stories. And I've got some rewards and things on there, but the bottom line is that every dollar helps to keep bringing you new stories. Currently, the show takes as long as a part-time job to make, so it's a bit more than a hobby. I'd love to bring you episodes every week instead of every other week. So maybe if enough people can support me on Patreon or at the PayPal link, which is on the Facebook page, then I can make it a weekly show one day. It can also help me to get outside of my bubble in Toronto and get to more places across Canada that need to be seen and heard about. Until then, this last story is from Christine again, and it really embodies, I think, why people are fascinated by stories about lost loved ones, especially pets. After that, I started to be able to see animals in people's fields more. So my friend, who had had several readings, like, you know, I knew her for like 15 years. She came to my house and I could see this sort of like pudgy dog with her. And the dog just wanted to convey that it had passed away. She was from, uh, I think, Guyana. She said they had that dog like it was in her husband's family. And she said that dog was one of the only family members that was really loving to her and kind of like made her feel comfortable in her husband's home and everything. And uh, it said, you know, I'd waited for you. I'd waited for you at the bottom of the stairs. Like, and so it would, she told me that the dog would lay like right up against the bottom stair, parallel to the bottom stair, kind of try to squish itself in, you know. And so many people would come down the stairs and trip over the dog (laughs) and, like, swear at it, right? But apparently the parents in the house, like, the dad would kind of, you know, get drunk and push the mom sometimes. And the dog was worried that she would fall down the stairs. So the dog would always, like, keep itself right near the stairs uh, in order to try and protect the mother. The dog showed me that it had tucked itself 
under the stair and was waiting for my friend to come back home. And it was a decade that she'd been back. And it said, I know you're coming, but I couldn't wait anymore. So just know that I'm still at the bottom of the stairs. And so she was really moved to know that that dog, after all these years, had remembered her and was still thinking of her and, you know, came to tell her that he passed away. That was sort of a nice reading. These have all been real stories from real people across Canada. Music featured in this show is by Little Glass Men with Caterpillar, Jared C. Bullock with Subtle Resonance, Blue Dot Sessions with Lakeside Path and Aurora, Unheard Music Concepts with The Republic and Being There, and Jazzar with Owls. The rest were original tracks. Thank you for listening to Supernatural Stories, and thanks for telling your friends about the show and supporting a place for the supernatural in Canada. Please leave a review on iTunes or Google or Facebook if you like the show. I appreciate it. Get in touch with your true story at www.supernaturalstories.ca. If you'd like to contribute $1 per month or more to this independent podcast, go to patreon.com slash supernaturalstories. Till next time.